0: Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by human synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Before we get going on today's show, I want to invite you to come along to our annual Culture and Leadership Conference. So it's happening this August in Melbourne uh, on the 29th, and then in Sydney on the 5th of September. We've also got. A conference in New Zealand. So it's in Christchurch on the 9th of September, Auckland on the 10th and Wellington on the 11th. Got tons of great speakers and it'd be awesome to have you come along. There'll be a link to both of those conferences in the notes of the show. So check it out. All right, but that's it. Let's get into today's show. Hey, Sam. G'day, Dom. So the Aged Care Royal Commission has kicked off recently and we've, we've seen the banking one completed. And so there's lots of Lots of stuff in the news about I guess everything that's wrong <laughs> with companies and where, where culture has gone astray and so on. And that's what gets headlines, right? And I know even with our with our own PR team, you know, they ask us to comment typically on where something horrible has happened. And I always try and ask them like, what about, you know, some of our clients are doing amazing things, can we talk about that? Apparently it doesn't uh the newspapers aren't as interested. <laughs> but you know the good thing about having your own podcast is you can publish it yourself. So Great. <laughs> so I guess, you know, setting the scene. So, you know, what what's going on with the with the Aged Care Royal Commission?
1: Yeah, I think there's I think there's lots of good stories that probably don't get shared, but there are probably some stories that through this commission will will emerge and I think that's the reason why it was probably put in place. So it's making sure that there's effective levels of care within Mm. the community and Mm. particularly in this instance in the in the aged care community. So I think it's a great opportunity to talk about with Louise about these opportunities of, of where things are going well.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned Louise there. So so Louise is from Chorus, which is an organisation over in Perth, and so they've been doing uh, working on culture for a while. So actually, I first met Louise. So she's the uh, head of brand and people at Chorus. But I first met her when she came over here to accept a transformation award for culture as part of Care Options, and Care Options later merged with a couple of other companies to become Chorus. So they had achieved a predominantly constructive culture. And so what I want to do today is give Louise a call. And so instead of, you know, we always focus on the, you know, what's wrong and what's bad, ask us some questions about what are they doing, what's worked, you know, what's going well. And maybe that way it gives other aged care organizations, but to be honest, any organization going through a culture change or culture development, some ideas of places to start.
1: Yeah, and I'm th- I'm curious just to see what are the what are the ingredients to that transformation. What are the things that they deem to be really important to what's helped them be successful?
0: Yeah, all right. So why don't we get Louise on the line and uh, we'll, we'll patch her onto the studio. How does that sound? Great. All right, let's do it. Hi Louise, are you there? I'm there. Hi Louise, this is Dominic and Sam from Human Synergistics. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for giving up your time to come on the Culture Bites podcast. I know as a uh, fellow podcaster, you've got the Chorus Voices podcast over there. So you know the fun, the thrills, and sometimes the challenges with uh, audio of uh, recording a podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, we've had all of them, I reckon, but it's good fun. And it's a learning curve every time. And I I bring that up, actually, because I love, um, we want to get you on the line to talk about Culture and what you guys are doing in the culture space. So you're in the age care sector and so on. You know, and there's a lot of news about that. So we we just wanted to get a taste of you know what what you're doing and and what's working for you. So maybe we can share it with other organizations. And I brought up the podcast because you guys have your own podcast called Chorus Voices, and the very first episode was about culture, the heartbeat of the organization. And I love that because it says something about how important it is to you.
2: It is. It's central to everything we do. And we're on, I think the next episode's uh, number 33. But yeah, absolutely. One was on culture and it really set the scene for us, I think. And a number of the episodes since have demonstrated how culture is just part of our DNA. I mean, it's it's everywhere, but we focus on, you know, real kind of achievement uh, culture and um, making it something we think about
0: every day. Yeah, I love that. Building it in. And Louise, we actually met a few years ago because you were receiving a Culture Transformation Award and getting a predominantly constructive culture and so what i'd love to hear from you is what can you do in that space what worked for you to build that culture if you could share some tips with us that'd be awesome
2: sure well we've been on quite a journey and when we met it was um, after a transformation in a company called care options which is one of three organizations that merged to form chorus which is the organization as we have it today so We're kind of on the second chapter of the journey because we had a culture transformation over about 16 months, two measures of the OCI and OEI. And then coming, bringing three organizations together after that, we pretty much started from a baseline and we did our OCI and OEI in about mid 2018. So we'll probably look to do that at the end of this year, 2019, and the beginning of next year. So I I feel like we kind of got a fabulous win and then we kind of, you know, turned a page and started again a little bit. But a lot of the initiatives that we use Care Options, we've brought forward in different ways, but we're using them here in the chorus uh, chapter too.
1: Louise, before you talked about you look at culture every day in terms of you look at it, What for some of the listeners, what are some of the practical tips you would have in terms of every day? How do you keep a lens on the culture and what do you do to pay attention to it?
2: I hate to th- say that it starts at the top, but I think the, the role modeling and the, the setting of the, the culture kind of starts at the top. So our board and CEO and exec absolutely and wholeheartedly commit to constructive culture and our values at Chorus. And interestingly, we have a manifesto, which is a slightly left-wing statement on how we see the world at Chorus. So some of those kind of artifacts guide us all the time. And every time we you know, have a conversation, make a decision, initiate an activity or a project, we always go back to our blue constructive culture—you'd be very proud of us. We're very blue here. We try okay. to be as blue as we can, or we'll channel that. And yet, the values we call them our Ripper values um, are apostrophe P E R. So that's responsive, practical, empowering, and respectful. Mm-hmm. And you just keep it simple. I think yeah focus on constructive values manifesto. We've got what we call the Chorus Way, which is a you know kind of a, a nicer title for a code of conduct. Mm-hmm. And so we just have these reference points and artifacts and everything comes back to that. So every uh, recruitment process, every performance appraisal, every conversation about project always comes back to, you know, one of those kind of um, baselines. So I think it's about yeah, having some artifacts that are, you know, visible visible and tangible and mm-hmm. understandable, having a shared language and just constantly referring to it. You just never, ever stop. Mm.
0: How are you baking it into things like you talked about performance appraisals and stuff? How are you baking it into that, Louise?
2: So we're building bit by bit, um, using you know the values or behaviours and LSI or the Circumplex uh, into perform, uh, job descriptions, so that you know from the beginning you know what's required of you in your role, and then our performance and development review process, which is. Well, a big kind of um, form, and there's some guidelines for leaders. You know, we don't kind of mandate that every piece of it is filled out comprehensively, but this is just a whole range of things that you can use to talk to people. So we, you know, have questions on values. We step them out a little bit more. This is what we think values look like. And then we have the opportunity for the individual and the leader to make a comment on that. And through our OCI and OEI last year, we identified achievement as our organizational objective. So we kind of go, what does achievement look like here? You know, we're, we're in our budget cycle at the moment, and, and that's about for us financial literacy for everyone mm-hmm. in the organization, as opposed to rolling out the numbers uh, as an example. So, yeah, I think it's just being very mindful, having some reference points, having some shared language. I think most people have an idea of what being blue or, or you know, speaking, thinking blue is here. And that's really important, I think, to us. You know, I think um, there's, there's lots of models that have lots of value that an organization needs to choose one. And then just work with that so that people understand what we're talking about.
1: And you mentioned you're in now the second phase of the transformation. Uh, within the leadership team, what are some of the issues and opportunities that you are facing now as a team to as you head into that second part of the transformation?
2: Well, we are pretty brave and we try and be as blue as possible. And we actually yesterday had a three-hour group coaching session with our um Consultants that work, you know, with human logistics tools, but um, also with us quite closely. And so Ash Hunt uh, did our coaching yesterday, and he pushed us hard as he always does. Sir Ash over at Verizon, and, yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah, nothing, no stone is left unturned. No, nothing is left unsaid. Great. So there are un- uncomfortable conversations. You know, we rate our working relationships with each other out of ten, and what plus ones look like, and we just go where other people probably don't go, and we. Yeah, we, we try to not have our lens of our portfolio. So, you know, I'm brand and people, so I try not to kind of protect my turf, but I think about what can our group add to the organization and what we're trying to do, what's our vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just just constantly challenge ourselves. And, we, you know, we've all done our LSI too, and, you know, we talk about that and our styles that we kind of slip into and, and we call it with each other saying I wonder if what you just said there may have been a bit you know defensive I'm not sure what your take is on that you know we're, and we do the and rather than but so yeah that's an interesting idea and I wonder how are we are going to resource that let's have a conversation about it so people kind of laugh when they hear us and I'm not saying that we've got it all right but we're trying really hard and we're certainly open about it.
1: And do you think those honest conversations with each other is helping accelerate the transformation?
2: Without doubt. I remember working with a CEO um, a few years back and she said organizations and particularly human service organizations like ours are basically built out of conversations. The whole organization, it's it's people, is your offering to the world and it's all conversations. Um, And, you know, we look after people and a lot of that is, you know, verbal, I guess, or, or you know, social interaction um, as well as some physical support. But we are pretty much made up of conversations Mm. here at Chorus. So, yeah, it it underlies everything. You know, relationships are underneath performance. If you haven't got good relationships, you're not going to have good performance. Just without doubt, it's non-negotiable here. Mm.
0: I love that. And and so, Louise, you've touched on it starts at the top, you've got to set the tone and and some of the conversations and, and approaches that you have as a leadership team. How do you get the rest of the organization involved? How do they own part of the plan?
2: So I think our COGS, Culture Optimization Groups, are the, I guess, I don't know what you call it, just the magic. We did have those at uh, Care Options and I think we got up to five and now we're on just starting COG number four at Chorus uh, this week and I was in COG number three. So that's our um, 12-week roughly 12 people meeting every week for two hours to work on an initiative that will work on the culture at, at chorus and they just work they you know they're cross-functional cross um hierarchical and um, take your yeah, your roll hat off at the door everyone has a voice we all you know learn a lot of the human logistics tools while we're there kind of subtly uh, most people have a transformation in that 12 weeks oh. and we have a project that Usually involves going out to the organisation and um, talking to them about something, whatever the you know what we're working on. We worked on reward and recognition in the first cog, safety in the second, and we kind of continued safety in the third. So it, somehow that those cog members will go out and engage with the organisation, and then each time you have twelve people who literally have been through a transformation and and will share that, and we we talk about that you know left, right, and centre across the organisation. There's you know visual. Signifiers, and we have our newsletter and videos and all sorts of things. There are other initiatives, but I think the Cog really is is the kind of flagship of trying to get that real grassroots movement and for that transformation. Because we can't change things from the top, we can absolutely role model and set the scene and uh, make sure that we're working hard on culture and investing in it. But we do need people across the organisation to get what we're trying to do and buy into
0: it too. Yeah, I love that, and I love that because it's, as you said, it's hats off at the door. So everyone's kind of on an even playing field, which is probably a bit unique for people, you know, not necessarily what they expect and so on. And it, it sounds almost like, you know, to borrow a Silicon Valley term, it's like a sprint or something, isn't it? Like a develop- yeah. development sprints. It's kind of a culture sprint or something.
2: Well, we do a bit of design thinking as well. So I've never put the two together, but I think you're right. They're very similar actually. And um, the how at the door, I think, Intuitively, we, we have been doing things like that already. And I love when you see an artifact and you think, oh, that's because the culture is a certain way. Mm. So our name badges were one of the first chorus things that were produced, you know, before we got you know, uniforms and buildings and cars and all those sorts of things that you see around. So these name badges were, you know, hot off the press and they have people's first names on them. That's it. So my name badge says Louise, Dan, mention our CEO, his says Dan. And there's a chorus logo and they're black, which we think is pretty cool. To me, that speaks volumes about our culture because mm. everyone is a person and everyone is completely respected and valued for who they are, not for the role that they have or the title or position or anything like that. And it's quite interesting when you have conversations and people say, so, so who are you? And you're like, I'm Louise, and they're kind of expecting a bit more, but I usually wait <laughs> a bit to explain and huh. just
0: get to know a person as, as me and as them. I love that, and I remember actually on, on that note when – when you came over to collect the culture award while you're at Care Options, you know, the CEO came, you came, you know, that makes sense. But actually the whole team came, right? The I think it was the COG team at that time.
2: Yeah, some of the COG teams, a couple of support workers, someone that was working in a corporate uh, department as an officer. So, you know, more of a transactional role, but, you know, very much a part of the COG and very valued. I think they were, you know, and Sasha came over from Verizon. there was about six of us and, it was fabulous, and the I think I did a, um, a bit of a recording that may have made it to a podcast. I can't remember, you know, talking to the ladies about coming over, what that meant to them, and they just said it meant the world, like to be valued enough to be taken to Sydney to come and collect awards because they were a part of the transformation. Was just yeah, that was just everything to
0: me. Speaks volumes.
1: The Cog sounds just like a great initiative in terms of putting the effort behind the cultural change and as you said, focusing on one initiative at a time, personal development, business challenge. When you link the culture to the strategy, how important is it to to have initiatives or practical resource applying the culture change from your experience, Louise?
2: I mean, I just don't think we would get the results that we have without it. And organically, we've ended up working on strategic issues in the COG, so they kind of benefit. You know, there's a double whammy there. I think probably because we tend to go to COG and say, hey, these are the things that we're grappling with. We never dictate, this is what we want you to do, but we say, these are the most important issues. And usually that group will say, well, we want to work on the most important issues. Mm -hmm. So there's always, usually has been that strategic alignment. And I guess I often use the example of um, a bullying policy. You can have a policy that says, you know, we don't accept or tolerate bullying here, but that won't eradicate bullying. So unless you build it into the fabric of an organization doesn't matter what you have written down so it doesn't really matter what's written on your strategy unless it's built into the everyday fabric you're not going to deliver on that strategy so I guess that's probably how we look at it so yeah there's good alignment and you know we use um, a tool called called Trello to map our um, sprints on our um, initiatives you know we're using this design thinking and um, there's a cog sprint in there so I don't know why I haven't ever thought of the two as so aligned yeah I think And because everything is just so intrinsically part of everything we do, I think, you know, when we're talking about strategy, culture is just part of that. It's just everything we approach is from a cultural perspective. We're not going to get the change or the um, outcome we desire unless we think about what cultural journey might we need to go on there. Change is inherently cultural. And a successful merger is going to be culture or unsuccessful mergers are are very often as a result of culture clashes and failures. So I think we're perhaps because of the merger, really aware of that.
1: Mm. Thank you. The um, people listening to the podcast would be familiar with the tools and or well, may not be, but what advice would you have for people listening in around just that topic if you're at the start of a transformation or at the start of a cultural evolution? What would be some of the first steps? What would be the advice you would give people, partners, uh, heads of HR and businesses? What advice would you give about starting that cultural evolution?
2: Well, I mean, you know, Cotter's change uh, steps are a good starting point. You probably need to create a compelling case to work on this. You know, mm. you need to probably create that burning platform. You're going to need to get buy-in. You're going to need some resources. They may be people, but you are going to need some financial resources as well. We have invested significantly in culture and that can be hard at the beginning because mm. you, you need to get that buy-in. And then I think, as I said before, I just you know, pick a direction or a model or an approach, and just keep on going with it because it's a journey and it takes time to see results. So flitting around, you know, three months in, this isn't working. You're not giving enough time. I mean, I, I would definitely say you need a you know, year to two years to mm-hmm. start to see that that change. So you know, getting the buy-in from the people you need to have buy-in from for a journey that needs investment and time, and then. I tend to look at things organizationally, team level and individual and those together. So what are you trying to do organizationally? How are you going to work with your teams intra and inter? And what's your goal with individuals? It's a kind of a interweaved for us. Mm. And they, you know, you're constantly looking at those all together and you know, you have a plan, but be ready to change it. <laughs> I think that's everything sure. at chorus. You know, come know where you're going, set it off, but be ready to adapt yeah that i think they're my you know main bits of advice and celebrate those wins when you get them so when you you know because you will have people that aren't very skeptical or not completely on board so selling those wins when you have them will get the momentum going and things like for us you know the results of cog and testimonials and people's transformations you have to you know celebrate those and then slowly people kind of go you know some of this is a bit mad but we're in it's working <laughs> let's keep <Great>. going
0: <laughs> that's Love great it. hey and louise so you mentioned getting the again the ceo and management and stuff on board and, and you said at the very start of our call that the ceo and the board and the executive team in general were right behind culture so what was it for them what was the thing that really got their energy behind it
2: i think you know without calling out individuals, people would probably say they came along at different points. Mm. For me, leading, you know, the work um, or, or being responsible for us doing this work, um, Dan's commitment, the CEO's commitment, has just been second to none. So he's has stood behind this from the beginning. And that meant that everybody else kind of at least stood to see, okay, well let's just see what happens. And then because we're able to demonstrate that it's successful, people got on board, we also have a couple of people now um, board, uh, our chair even who's um familiar with uh, human synergistics tools. So that was really helpful. And we put in for some funding to support us in the initial stages. I think again because um culture and mergers are so linked, that w- that helped our focus hmm. in the beginning. But I, I would say that people have been on different journeys and some people have said to me, I I really am not on board with this, but you know, it looks like we're doing it, so I'm gonna give it a go and who knows what they would be on the circumflex. <laughs> But they um, came around. I, yeah, most people have come around and and the people that haven't, that's okay too because it's a very unique organization, Chorus. I mean, we have regular three-way coaching. Most people, or say some people will find that confronting and they don't really want to choose that and that's okay and they might not choose Chorus eventually. So I think we have become so sure in who we are and how we do culture around here that people either you know, opt in and stay in or opt out and that's fine because everyone's journey has got to work for them. So, yeah, I'd say that people have come along on the journey at different times and if they haven't, then they have you know, chosen another route and that's fine.
0: I love that, Louise. I think that's uh, all the time we have uh, of yours today because I know you've got to rush off to another meeting. But thank you so much for sharing that with us. I love the practical tips. Um, that people can take away and and put into action. And, you know, this is how you start moving the dial on culture.
2: Thanks, John. And thanks, Sam, too. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Thanks, Louise.
0: Have a great day. Okay. Bye. Bye. Cool. So what do you reckon, Sam? What did you pick up from that?
1: That was just great to listen to Louise. And and I really liked some of the super practical ways to bring culture to life and how important it, it was in their business. And the Cog, the culture operating group, I think is just a great idea for anyone looking to um, really get fed income about their culture in their organization.
0: What I love about the Cog thing is it's a it's a rotating group. I think mm. that the danger of having like a culture team mm. or something and organizations is everyone's looking for them to do everything. What I like about COG is it's a sprint. Mm. Like we talked about, it's twelve mm. weeks. They're solving a particular problem. It's made up from people from all across the business. And then it rotates. So it's not stuck on one group of people who have to come up with everything. It's actually spreading it across the organization.
1: Yeah, building that advocacy, that change agency, which is so important. And the other thing I liked about it is they got personal development they, mm. in themselves. That so was, I grow, I also contribute to a business problem, mm. and I help with the cultural evolution of, of this organization, which I think is just a fantastic practical initiative to, to help bring it to life.
0: Super motivating. And the other thing, that I loved that Louise talked about was how they bake it into everything they do. And, and the companies I've seen who are the most successful with culture are the ones who embed it into just how they operate. So mm. it's not a, it's not a, just a, a project or a thing on its own. It's just in the DNA. It's how we do stuff in this company, you know, and that was evident even down to the name tags. And I've, I've actually got a funny story in that. We, I met with a company a while ago, they're looking at doing some culture work, didn't, didn't follow through. But what was interesting is the it was like the head of HR and the people and culture person who reported to it, something like that. And they handed us their business cards and one had kind of yellow, yellow font, and the other had like gold embossed font, right? The the manager had the gold, the gold font and the other one had just yellow it Speaks volumes,
1: right? It sure does. And and I love that the leader was setting the tone from the top. Mm. I think Louise said that she, you know, hated to say it, but I think it's a really important point. It's a super Key part of any transformation, whether it be culturally or business, is that leaders got to be fully committed and, and set the tone and, and lead from the front. And I think that's a, again another part of their success story.
0: Yeah, I love it. If you're a, a keen podcast listener, which I suppose you are, go check out their podcast too. So, so it's called Chorus Voices, and the very first episode that they released is called I think it's Culture: The Heartbeat of the Organization. And so you can hear it from them. It's it's Louise and the CEO Dan talking about it so it's pretty interesting and, and, and just as a as an artifact in itself they do that podcast a lot for it's an internal thing as as much as it is an external thing and they get on people from all across the business to do like day in the life of so what's it like to do your job and stuff and you know that says something too right they're inviting all these different people to share their stories so it's pretty cool. Awesome. So uh, yeah Check I, I really enjoyed it I love hearing from, uh, from people and, and what they're doing and having great results all right sam thanks dom thanks for your time cheers till next time thanks for listening to this episode of culture bites if you enjoy the show remember to subscribe on itunes stitcher soundcloud or wherever you get your podcasts also leave us a review it helps other people to find the show if you have a question you'd like us to answer email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au we'd love to answer it This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.